Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is our number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. 105 in Edmonton. Uh, Oilers Now is brought to you for the seventh consecutive season by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location, Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. Um you can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Not your small-town dealership with a new, huge, state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. We're on Twitter. Uh, what are we up to, uh, Brandon Escott, in terms of Twitter follows now on uh, Oilers now? I think we're over 36,000. Around 36,000 with that right now? Yeah, you got it. So that would be more uh, than a couple sports stations in, in the Alberta market in terms of their main Twitter account. So it shows you the passion that uh, fans have for oil country. You can reach me personally at Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan at Brendan Escott. Uh, we will get to some text, some tweets, and go a little bit interactive at 1.30. Uh, for the next half hour, though, we are joined by the Chief Operating Officer for the Edmonton Oilers Entertainment Group. New in his role, he's been in a town for about a month, Tom and Selmy. Tom, how are you doing? Thanks for having us here. Yeah, how's, how's it going? Like, how's it... It's been about it's been about a month you've been back and forth obviously between Toronto and Edmonton uh transitioning in how's it gone awesome yeah, yeah. really having a lot of fun uh, a lot of back and forth living in a hotel all the sort of instability that comes with a move but no it's been terrific uh Warm welcome. Uh, really enjoying Edmonton so far. Uh, spent some time in Saskatoon, you know, back in uh, my younger days. It reminds right. me a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, River Prairie Town, quintessentially Canadian. Um, 
and and they're all hockey fans. It's it's been awesome. When you were at the University of Saskatchewan, you weren't headed the the sort of sports uh, direction, were you? You were actually going down a little bit different path. Yeah, yeah I was uh, taking an engineering degree and working in the mining business. In fact, one of my first gigs was in Hinton, Alberta here, and I, I vividly remember it. I think we mentioned it the other day when uh, uh, it was um, my first time in Edmonton was the last year of the Avco Cup, and I remember uh, I remember uh, the team from Winnipeg there with Bobby Hall. and They were awesome. Yeah, they were a really good team, and they, they, they put the wood Six games, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I remember a buddy of mine and myself we were at this game. Uh, we we just got out here and we were uh, looking and said, that Gretzky guy, boy, he's going to have a rough go in the NHL. And 150 points later, year one, I, we were kind of wrong. But uh, And then uh, several years later, we're back in Hinton and uh, and uh, there's that team in 84, I guess, that was the, the first last, uh, the last loss was 83 or 84, I can't remember. It was that last loss to the to the Islander Dynasty. Oh, 83, which, sure, yeah. Which was then the end of the Islander Dynasty and the start of the one of the greatest dynasties ever in hockey, which was you know the Oilers Dynasty of the 80s. I worked in Hinton in uh, 19, the summer of 1990 when I was in university uh, in the reforestation industry. I know we have a lot of people sort of in that Edson-Hinton corridor uh, down Highway 16 that uh, Texas, so you were in the mining business, putting yourself through school and that sort of thing, and then that's where you went afterwards. Um, out, uh, j- just as an aside, for and I always want to mention this, the genesis of Glenn Sather's vision for the Edmonton Oilers actually came from the Winnipeg Jets and their five-man attack units and uh, the, the deployment. Uh, the Jets were an organization that went heavy into Finnish players and, and Swedish players, and the Oilers certainly copied that with some top-end uh, Finnish guys as well. Obviously, Yari Curry and Nessa Dickinen come to mind. So, you're in the mining business, and then how do you end up getting involved in sports? Uh, you know, I'd been working on a couple of jobs, and it was finished school at this point, and I was down in wherever it was, somewhere, somewhere in Montana, I think, and, uh, you know, and uh, I just came to the conclusion that uh, mines don't normally get built where people live, and I seem to like people, so... Uh, so uh, I was back home in Toronto and ended up involved with the Skydome back when that was a big deal and one of the, you know, big, great uh, multi-purpose stadium projects. And then that led to the Blue Jays and led to, you know, a gig in Vancouver. We built GM Place and, you know, launched the the, the Grizzlies and, you know, the built, you know, built that out and then the rest is history. All right. Well, uh, just, let's just, with with the Blue Jays now, were you there when uh, they won the back-to-back? Were you able to see that process yeah, through yeah, when yeah, they I won was, in 92 and 93? I was there for the first one and then ended up in Vancouver for the second one. How but, cool. Yeah, that was, how, that was how, unbelievable. How special was that? I mean, yeah. we've seen it recently, obviously, with the Raptors making the run and going and uh, winning the NBA championship. And I think that's probably a bigger deal than the Blue Jays winning the World Series. But I remember, like, I was 26 when the Blue Jays won. Uh, that was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty amazing time when yeah, they. It, it, it was, and the you know the parade was it was unbelievable. It was it was really cool, and we just saw it replicated again with the with the Raptors, and you know a whole bunch of guys that used to work for me were uh, all part of that parade, and yeah. they had a lot of fun. Tom M. Selmy joining us right now. Bob Stauffer with you in orders now. So you go to Vancouver, you start up the uh, the Grizzlies organization. Did you do you think now was it the Griffiths family that was initially uh, on board and then they sold it to Macaw? Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so so I was there building GM Place, and then we had, you know we uh, you know we went after the basketball franchise when when the Raptors were being chased in Toronto, and uh, we ended up landing it. And uh, you know it was one of those things you shoot the moose, and then you figure out how to get it out of the woods later. And uh, we got the building <laughs> opened in '95, and uh, 
you know, before you know it, we had a, we had an interesting organization there. Then the Macaws started investing in it, and then I ended up in Toronto back in about '96 or something. Okay. Like that. Uh, so you had no part of Bryant Reeves being selected by the uh, uh, Grizzlies because big country. I mean, he was coming out of college. He was yeah. seen as the uh, prototypical big man at that stage. Uh, I can't remember if that was, I was still there or not, but yeah. I mean, and do you now? Let me ask. Do you think they could support the team now in Vancouver? I do. I think uh, I think basketball could easily work in uh, Vancouver. You know, it's a multicultural market. It's uh, you know, a huge Asian population. And, you know, since Yao Ming, basketball's taken off uh, big time in China. Uh, the NBA's invested a lot in China. So uh, there was a lot of minor basketball being played in Vancouver even back then. And so it's only more now. Yeah, I, I think no problem. We're joined uh, by Tom and Salmi. Tom, uh, what was it, 17, 18 years with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment? Yeah. How many different uh, general managers did you have during that stretch? You definitely would have had Brian Burke. Uh, yeah, Ber- Berkey was at the back end. So uh, I think when I got there, it was probably Cliff and then uh, and then Pat Quinn for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, John Ferguson, uh, Berkey, might have been somebody else in there. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, four or five. Okay. Uh, it, I always find it interesting when I go into Toronto because, you know, you go into Montreal and... It is like a religion. It's a religion in Montreal. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, there's so much money. And at the end of the first period, the end of the second period, you, you start the next period, and you, half of that lower bowl is empty because they're all underneath visiting, and there's a lot of there's a lot of corporate. But that's it. The, the Leafs, in spite of the tremendous success that the Raptors had this year, they remain the distinct number one in that marketplace. There's no debate about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know one of the if not the biggest brand in hockey probably in the world it's certainly one of them and uh, and and you know a wonderful fan base and i mean you know everyone talks about it being corporate and yeah there's a lot of corporate uh, uh, fans there but they're fans too and 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 fans of every of every ilk i mean it uh you know the the suites. It was less about the fans. It was more about the fact that the suites. It was just hard to get back in time, and you're down there doing your thing and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? They're great fans in Toronto, and uh, and uh, and always will be. But you know what? That I've, I've come out here, and I mean, one of the reasons I, I I came here was because of the fan base. Hockey is so important in Edmonton. Um, you know, we're going to start winning here again, and this is going to be a lot of fun. All right, uh, that's part of it, isn't it? You got to win. I mean, you can make as much and do as much as you can off the ice to enhance the customer experience and the fan experience at the games. But at the end of the day, uh, what's the old saying? The hot dogs taste better when you get W's? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what business you're in. If the product isn't good, quote unquote, then it's going to be a little harder to sell it and uh, and 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 ensure you got happy customers. And you know, we've we've gone through this spell for a while, no question about it. But uh, I've got uh, faith in Kenny and what he and Bob are going to do. And uh, and uh, you know, as we start to turn things around, I think it's going to be good. You know, our job is you know as a, as a business team, and you know, we're we're a big chunk of the of the of the people down there. And our job is is really twofold. One is to make sure that the environment is the best it can be for the players so the team has the absolute best chance of success out there and our second job is to you know is to neutralize the lows and maximize the highs when you know as team perform- performance goes through its you know its ups and downs and uh, that's what we're getting ready to do all right tom's uh, joining us here in studio we're going to take a quick time out this is Oilers now 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 117 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott and Dayton Abbott. And we are joined by the uh, new Chief Operating Officer for the Oilers Entertainment Group, Tom M. Selmy. He's been kind enough to join us. He's uh, flying out of town here, so he's got to head off to flight. So you've been here for a month, so let's get to it. Is there anything that's surprised you or uh, that you've learned over the course of the last month that maybe you didn't know about Edmonton, about the situation here? Uh, you know, that's 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 an interesting one. I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I've been around the league a long time. Uh, you know, I know all about the 80s and and you know the 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 Gretzky years and and the the great success this team had in the past and in spite of all of that um I'm probably a little bit surprised just how important the Oilers are in this market and how um how uh, th- it's just a deep passionate fan base and it, it's one of the reasons I, I I came here I won this job but, but you didn't realize the affinity for the club and what it meant to the community maybe just it's bigger than I expected and I guess part of that is just you know Edmonton is is maybe the biggest small town in North America in some respects you know it's a real community it's um you know it's clearly the Oilers are the big dog in town uh, and, and it's just that the, the fan base is incredibly passionate and that's that's awesome, you know. See, we live it every day here. Like, I mean, when you're hosting a two-hour show called Oilers Now, that's year-round, you're living it, and so you're riding those ups and downs. And so when the team's on a road trip and they fall out of the playoff race and they've dropped four or five games and they play back-to-back games, I'm not, you know, we're going to do the show coming back the night after the flight, right, because I know the frustration and the exasperation with the fans. Like, they truly... Now, do you think part of it is that a lot of Edmonton and a lot of northern Alberta is from northern Alberta, and so maybe the affinity for the club is a little bit deeper-rooted than maybe... Like, a a place like Vancouver. Like, I I would hazard a guess that maybe only 40 to 45% of Vancouver is actually from B.C. initially. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm low on that uh, projection, but with northern Alberta, I would suggest to you probably 80% of the community is from here. Does Does that make sense? I think that's part of it. I think it's... you know, it's um, a market like Toronto or Vancouver is more cluttered. There's more going on. There's just more noise. No, there's more noise. I mean, you know, when I was in Toronto, I think 50% of the population was born somewhere else, and almost 50% were from visible minorities, which are mostly countries where hockey is not a concept. You know, so right. you know, so it's just a, a completely different lay of the land. But you know, I, I look at it and I kind of go, okay, quintessential Canadian town. Uh, hockey is the most important thing from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, we've got uh, this ice district and this arena, which are just incredible. And, right. You know, and, and, and just our owner's vision and his commitment to, you know, giving us the resources to succeed uh, was another thing that was really attractive to me. And I look at this, you know, this this ice district that's about to open and this canvas that we've got to, to start painting on, you know, it's it's a really incredible opportunity. And I, I see a city that is on the rise. I see an organization that's on the rise. And those are the kind of things that you look at and you go, wow, this is good timing, and this is just a really, really interesting opportunity and a great time to be a fan. Now, that said, uh, how much have you dealt with, like, have you had, have you gone out and met with some of the, you know, the corporate clients that the Oilers have had, or maybe with some, I know you did an event with Jack and myself, and we had Dave Tippett and Ken Holland there. Uh, it was the night of, I don't know if it might have even been the night of the game five, I think it was game five of the NBA championship, but uh, how much of that have you had an opportunity to do where, you, you know, you're, you're getting some feedback from the people that uh, are stakeholders in one form or another, be it corporate clients, season seat holders, 
and uh, you know hardcore fans that spend their hard-earned dollars on the hockey club. A uh, little bit. That's starting. I've spent a lot of my time in the office, you know, listening and learning and talking yeah. to our people internally. And so I've got a, you know, that and a little bit of market research. I got a pretty good feel for for what people are thinking. It never resonates as much as when you're actually talking to a customer. And I've had some opportunity to do that. And you know, listen, you, when you only make the playoffs once in a bunch of years, things you, you you're gonna have you're gonna have people that are that are not happy. I mean, that that kind of goes without saying. And uh, I get that. And you know, that's you know, Wendell Clark always had a great line. He said, you know, when things are going good, you're never as good as they say you are. But when things are going bad, you're never as bad as they say you are. And, right. And uh, you know, I looked at this situation. And I look at uh, you know, we've got some nice young players. We've got uh, a Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame GM. I hope Kenny doesn't get mad. If I say that, but you know, we got a GM that's got a real track record. Um, we've got an, uh, an owner that wants to invest, and we got one of the best arenas in the world. That's a pretty good sp- starting point. And so I look at this whole thing as kind of the start of a new era. I see an organization that's gone through a massive transformation. That you know, was a hockey club up in Northlands is now, you know, coming through the development of multi-billion dollars worth of real estate that is completely transforming the downtown. And that takes a whole transformation as an organization. And now we've got to turn it around and, you know, be the operators of that and, and optimize everything on and off the ice. We call it winning on and off the ice. You know, it's like, you know, the team's got to do their thing and then we've got to, we've got to succeed and win as a business. And if we do all that, everybody's happy. And I think that's going to happen. We're joined by Tom M. Salmi. Tom, uh, you got a lot of employees and a lot of younger employees. And this is a different uh, generation and era of... Uh, of, uh, frankly, they've been raised to be smarter and uh, and maybe fight for what's theirs a little bit more than, uh, and I'll put myself roughly in your same uh, era. So on that note, um, you know, have you noticed, like, uh, part of it is, you know, you're building, a, you talk about the team on the ice, but there's a team off the ice that you're trying to build as well. And you've now kind of been in the role for a month. Is the, is the messaging maybe different today than it was 20, you know, 18, 15 years ago when you were with MLSE in terms of building a team that you can grow with moving forward? Yeah, you know, I mean, kids are different nowadays. And by the way, they're they're all smarter than I am. I mean, that's yeah. that, that kind of goes without saying. Uh, we've got a we've got a great group of young kids there. And uh, you know, I had, a, had my first or uh, second staff meeting yesterday, in fact. And I said to them, you know, I'm on the back nine of my career, but you guys aren't. And you know, our job is to get you ready to take my job. You know, and mm-hmm. and 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 succeed your way through the organization. And young kids nowadays, you know, they want to. Uh, they're smart. They want to grow. They want to see development and career path. And they want see where their career's going in this industry and you know they're all a little beaten up right now because when you're in the sports biz if you're not winning you get beaten up it's, by it's it. misery we're all fans too right? right so it affects you and 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 I can see that but you know I, I look at it coming in from the outside and and tip and Kenny said the same thing looking at it from the outside with our with with you know clear eyes we go wow this is a great setup you know we got Connor McDavid we got Leon and a bunch of other nice young players we got a bunch of nice young kids in the system we got this arena that's on Unbelievable! We got a hockey market that's all hockey fans. We got an owner that wants to invest in our success. We're going to make this work. This is this is going to go in the right direction. So I'm feeling really optimistic about it. That said, you can appreciate that a lot of the fans are sitting there saying, with the team missing the playoffs, 12 out of 13 years, and the last two years have been tough, right? Because we have had McDavid and Drysaddle, and frankly, they've outperformed their contracts. 
you're saying, you know what, you still got to prove it on the ice. You know that you can appreciate that perspectives out there. With, I, with, I can, I can, you, and uh, you know our job now is to start this new era and uh, and turn it around. All right, one final thing you mentioned, ice district. Uh, on that note, how assertive will the Oilers organization? I mean, we, you know, you're inheriting a scenario where they've already got the World Junior Championships, they've got the Holinka Gretzky tournament, uh, but. Are the Oilers going to be a potential uh, potential player down the road for an All Star game, or uh, you know the NHL draft, those sort of events? Do you foresee that being something that can happen moving forward? Absolutely, we'd we'd love to host the All Star. We'd love to host a draft. We'd love to host uh, all kinds of things. Where uh, you know we have already been talking to the league about that. I mean, I've I've bid on and hosted a couple of All Star games in my in my career, and uh, and I think they're not great for the market, but they're but they're also great for your position in the league. You know, we want to be an important club in this league we want to be one of the leaders in the league we want to and that's on on and off the ice you know we want to be one of those clubs where where the rest of the league look points and say hey look at what they're doing in Edmonton look at look at how these guys are doing things setting best practices and that kind of thing and to do that you've got to host league events you've got to be you've got to be committed to excellence you know you've got to want to be the best and uh, I know we got an owner that wants us to be the best and that's a good starting point so here we go. All right, let's go get it. Uh, it is uh, 127 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy uh, and then rejoin you about 135. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.